Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Man, I'm excited about this series that we started last week called Hats. So everybody, look at your neighbor and ask him, you got your hat on today? We've been having a little bit of fun with this. We've been talking about some of the different hats that we wear in life. And the truth is, man, we wear a lot of different hats, don't we? I was thinking about my own life and some of the different hats that I wear from time to time in life. Of course, I'm always a follower of Jesus. And so I want to have that hat on all of the time. But man, there's some other hats that I put on sometimes. Like sometimes I got to put on the dad hat. Any dads in the place? You know, I mean, I got to be a dad. I got to be a father. Sometimes, man, sometimes I got to put on the husband hat. And I got to do the honeydews and do the stuff that husbands do and be a good husband. Sometimes I put on the friend hat, you know, I want to be a good friend. In fact, I got one of my friends that we talk about this sometimes that sometimes we'll be together and I'll just say, hey, you know what? Today I'm taking off the pastor hat and I'm just I'm just going to be a friend today. And then there are other times when I'm like, hey, I'm taking off the friend hat and I'm being your pastor right now. You know what I'm saying? And we all have that. We have different seasons of our life. Like sometimes I have to put on the boss hat. You know what I'm saying? In fact, sometimes before. I come to church. If you if you know, and I got one of my one of my employees right here, and, and, and you know my wife, she works at the church as well, and, and she's a part of the team. And so sometimes on the way to church, on the way to the office, I'll just say, you know, babe, can I be the boss today? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know how that works. I'm kind of kidding, kind of not. You know what I'm saying? And we put on these different hats. Like I, I, I just recently, I got a new hat and it's kind of too big for me, just to be honest. Like I went to this preacher's meeting with all these preachers and they do this voting thing and they select this person to kind of be the leader of all the pastors and all the churches in an area. And they selected me of all people. I don't know why, but they selected me to be the leader. And so now I have not just you guys to take care of, not just a family to take care of, but now I've got 20 something churches in our area and over a hundred pastors and men and ministers that I'm taking care of, like as they call it a presbyter. That sounds like a funny word and it is a funny hat. Sometimes it just feels like I put it on. It's too big. It doesn't fit, you know, and I'm carrying that around sometimes. And, and, and man, even right now, like I, I have to sometimes wear the building contractor hat. And the truth is like my hat rack is pretty full, you know, and some of you are the same way. You got, you got a pretty big, wide range of different hats that you have to wear in your life. And so we've been talking about some of these in this series. We specifically are looking at some of the hats that we wear as followers of Christ and what that looks like for us. Last week, come on, didn't Pastor Joshua knock it out of the park? When he talked about putting on the worship hat, and by the way, Joshua likes to wear hats every Sunday anyway, so it's really fitting, I know. And he talked about what that means to be a, a worshiper in the body of Christ, and great message. Next week, I'm telling you, do not miss next week. Everybody look at your neighbor, tell them, don't miss next week. You are in for a treat, because first of all, it is Mother's Day, and if you hadn't thought about Mother's Day, here's your friendly reminder. Make sure you do something for mom, and be here. Bring mom next week to church, because we're gonna, we're gonna actually going to hear from Pastor Amber, and she's going to talk about what it means to wear the mom hat or the parent hat, and what it means to do that, and you're not going to want to miss that. But today, here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to set this up. I'm going to tell you, today is going to be kind of a pastoral kind of a message. Is that okay? If I just kind of put on 
on the pastor hat today and pastor you just a little bit because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a hat that that honestly doesn't get talked about all that much in church anymore. It's actually one that actually you might actually say this is kind of like an old fashioned kind of a hat that we're talking about today. Some churches have even maybe changed the name or the look of it. Some churches have completely done away with it altogether. But I don't think that this is a hat that needs to be done away with. I think it's a hat that actually we all as followers of Christ need to learn how to wear this hat. And today we're going to talk about the church member hat. So everybody say church member. Church member. We're going to talk about what does it mean to be a church member? And this is kind of an old fashioned kind of thing. A lot of churches don't even talk about membership anymore, or maybe they've changed what they call it, partners or different things like that. But I actually want to tell you, I like the word member. In fact, I think the word member, when you talk about a church member, is actually a very biblical word. I mean, when you get down to it, you think about, okay, you think about what we are. What are we as a church? We are a family. We talk about this a lot, that we want to do life together. Our word for this year was the word family, that we want to be a family. And you think about someone who is a part of a family is called a what? Come on, help me. Called a family member, right? Come on. We are a member of God's family. Now you think about this. The Bible actually calls the church a, not just a family, calls the church a body. Now what is a part of a body actually called? It's called a body. Man, y'all are smart. I'm telling you today. A body member. And you think about this for a second. I know it sounds kind of old fashioned, but you think about this. A, a person by themselves away from away from a family is no longer a member of that family. A body part all by itself. You got an arm just flapping around over here or a nose that's not attached to the face or something like that, man. That would be of no use. In fact, yeah, I know you're saying, well, that sounds kind of weird, Pastor. Well, I'm not the one that actually came up with that. Actually, Paul wrote about this in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 5. I want you to see what he says in the message. He says, each of us finds our meaning and function as what? As a part of Christ's body. But a chopped off finger or a cut off toe would not amount to much, would they? Right? Here's the deal, guys. As a follower of Christ, God has called you to put on the church member hat. He has called you to be a member of his family, a member of his body. And I know a lot of people in this day and age, they try to say, well, you know what? I don't really need a church. It's just me and Jesus. Jesus is my homie. We're going to do this thing on our own. I'm going to get to heaven because me and Jesus are going to do it together. And I'm telling you, that's not the way God intended for it to be. In fact, that's like me saying, I'm in a band, I play the tuba, but I'm not in a band. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't make any sense. You ever heard a tuba all by itself? Doesn't sound that great. And that's how a lot of Christians sound. Oh, but pastor, you know, like, I, I love Jesus, but I just don't love the church. Let me just tell you something. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said the church was his bride. That would be like you saying, Pastor, I like you, but I don't like your wife. Guess what? That ain't going to fly. You know what I'm saying? We're called to be members. Everybody say members. Members of 
Christ's body, of his family. In fact, look at this passage in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 19. It can't get any more plain than this. Look what it says. It says, you are a what? A member of God's very own family. And you what? You belong in God's household along with every other Christian. This is how God created you, to be a member of his family, to belong in his household, to have a church, a family, a body that you belong to. This is how God made it to be. So today we're going to talk about putting on the church member hat. And we're going to talk about two things about church members. The first one is this. Why? Everybody say why. Why? Take a notes. Write it down. Why do I need to be a church member? Well, I'll tell you why. Because membership has its benefits. See what I did there? I know you like that, right? Actually, there are some benefits to being a part of the body of Christ. In fact, I just thought of, of a few of them. I could have given you a whole bunch of them, but I don't have time for a whole bunch. So I just had time for three. Write down these three. Number one is this. What are the member, what are the benefits of being a member of God's family, of his body? The first one is relationship. In fact, let me just tell you something. You weren't created to do life alone. You were created to do life in membership, in fellowship, in relationship with others. I mean, we've talked about this many, many times here at LifeGate throughout the year that, or throughout the years that when God created the world, I mean, you, you remember the story. He created the heavens and the earth and the stars and the sky and he created the earth and the sea and, and the creatures of the land. And each time, what did he say? He said, it is good, right? And then he took dirt and he formed, he formed Adam into a, into a, a body and he breathed life. And what did he say? He said, it is very good. But then you see the words begin to change in Genesis chapter two. He says, something is not good. And what was that something that was not good? He says, it is not good that man would be alone. You weren't created to do this life alone. And you think about this. I mean, think about this for just a second. There is Adam in a perfect world who has daily fellowship with God. The Bible says he would come down and walk with him day in and day out. Sin had not even entered the picture yet. And still something was missing. And what was that one thing that was missing? Companionship. Relationship. And can I tell you here today, like you can be a follower of Christ and still be missing all that God has for you. If you are not relating to a body of believers, a family that God intended for you to be a part of. Why do we need to be a part of a, of a, of a church? Why do we need to be church members? Because we need relationship with one another. We need to do life in family. And is it perfect? Absolutely not. You know why it's not perfect? I'll tell you why it's not perfect. Because you're here. <laughs> and because I'm here. And we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We mess up. And you can be, and LifeGate, I'll tell you, is an amazing church. As near perfect as you get. With an incredible pastor, I'm telling you, so humble as well. But can I tell you, there, there can be times when I do stuff you don't like. There's times you do stuff I don't like. Right. But you know what? We we may not like, but we love. Right. And that's the thing is that a place, a a membership in a church is a place to be loved. It's a place to have connection and relationship with one another. And, And even if you love God and have relationship with him, you are missing out on something if you don't have relationship with his body and his family. Why do I need to be a member 
of a church? Why do I need to be a member of his, of his family, of his body? Is because, because there's relationship there. Number two, or letter B, write this one down. The benefit of membership is discipleship. Like it's in, it's in the church where we actually grow and learn to be all that God created us to be. Check this out in Psalm 92 and verse number 12. Look what it says. It says, the righteous will what? Say this word, will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. And this is how it happens. Planted. Everybody say it. Planted. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. The Bible says that the house of the Lord, that his body, his family, his church is the place that we will grow and flourish, but only if we get planted. And the reason there's so many immature Christians in our day and age today is because so many people never really get planted. Oh, we put down roots for a minute, but then someone says something we don't like. Music's a little too loud. They sing a song I don't like. Someone doesn't say hi to me in the, in the lobby. Whatever it is, they ask too much for money. They're going through a building program right now. So I'm going to uproot and go somewhere else because I don't like something that's happening. And I'm not planted in the house of the Lord. And what happens when you put down roots and then you uproot over and over and over You stop growing to your full potential. And man, this is what we see so much in our world today. I mean, it's like the guy who was stranded on a deserted island. And when someone finally came to came to rescue him, he had built three huts and they were like, well, three huts. Why do you, why'd you have three huts? Well, he says, well, this is my house. And then this is where I went to church. And they said, well, there's a third church over or third house over there. What is that for? And he said, well, that's where I used to go to church. You know, (laughs) isn't that how it is? And we laugh at that, but it's so true. I mean, I'll just tell you just recently, this has been on my heart. Just a couple of Saturdays ago, my, my daughter's she's playing volleyball and my dad, he comes over and watches her play volleyball on Saturdays. And so he came over for a volleyball game and we're watching the volleyball games. Some people come up and say, Hey, how's it going? Whatever. And we talked to him for a little while. Then they walk off and my dad goes, who was that? I say, well, they used to go to our church. And then after the volleyball game was over, we went over to Rose's. Come on, Mexican food. Come on. <laughs> Chips and salsa. We sit down to eat and some people walk up. Hey, how you doing? We hug and we love on them. We say hi. They walk away. Dad goes, who is that? I go, oh, some people that used to go to our church. And it broke my heart. Yeah. I thought, you know, I mean, sometimes there's reasons where God leads us to other places and things. But most of the time it's because we fail to get planted, rooted in the house of the Lord. And many people never grow to their full potential because they never get planted. And imagine, we call this a family. Imagine if we treated our family that way. Wow. Well, my kids are asking too much for money, so I'm going to go get some other kids, you know? <laughs> my wife didn't say hi to me when we walked by each other in the hallway, so I'm going to find another wife. My kids' music, they like different kind of music. It's louder than my kind of music. Come on, right? Man, I told you I was be pastoring a little bit this morning. Relationship. Discipleship. Letter C. Here's, oh man, this is so powerful. Partnership. Why should we be a member? Why should we be a part of a body, the body of Christ, a local church body? Because together we can do so much more than we can ever do for, for God on our own. Scripture says it like this in, in Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9. It says, 
two are what? Are better than one because they have what? They have a good return for their labor. It's kind of like the, the Peanuts cartoon that I saw one time. I love it. I've shared it with you before, but it's so, it's so funny. Lucy demands that Linus change the channel and she threatens him with her fist if, she do, if he doesn't do it. And Linus looks at her and says, well, what makes you think you can walk in here and just take over? Lucy says, these five fingers. Individually, they are nothing. But when I curl them together into a single unit like this, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. (laughs) Linus says, okay, what channel do you want? And as he turned away, he looked at his fingers and said, why can't you guys get organized like that? (laughs) And here's the deal, guys. Like, think about it. By ourselves, man, we're nothing. But together... And we can accomplish incredible things for God. I was just thinking about this week. Some of the things that we accomplished together as a church that we could never have accomplished if, we, if, I, if I was on my own or if you were on your own. I was thinking about just last Sunday, we sent a team of a dozen people down to serve the homeless. And did you know that dozen people from LifeGate that actually goes out every single month? Did you know they were able to feed over 300 people last Sunday morning? Come on. You know why that happened? Membership. People coming together, partnering together, being a part of a family, a part of a body. I started thinking about some of the mission stuff that we do. Did you know that every single month, you don't, you may not even realize this, every single month, there are over two dozen missionaries that we sponsor and send to other countries around the world that are a part of what we're doing at LifeGate, could never go on their own, but we partner together to send them out. I was thinking about just a couple of months ago, uh, a young couple who is just brand new missionaries to Southeast Asia. They actually came from LifeGate Church. They used to be our worship pastors. And then God called them to go and be missionaries. And they came by to see us just as they were getting ready to leave. And they weren't even, we already sponsored them and already support them. They weren't asking for money or anything, but they just came in and said, Pastor, we wanted, you know, to just give you an update and tell you we're getting ready to leave. And and we haven't raised all of our funds yet, but we're going to do our best and believe God's going to raise them as we get over there and whatever. And so, you know what I said? I said, hey, Blake, I said, how much more do y'all need to raise to be fully, completely funded? He said, it's around $4,000. I said, can you get me the exact amount? He said, 4000 whatever it was, dollars. I said, man, okay, well, let's pray for you. While I was praying, I went, I went to the other room, and I just told the ladies, I said, write a check for 4000 whatever it was, dollars. And I walked back in, and I was able to hand it to them and say, you are fully funded. Yes. Can I tell you? I couldn't have done that on my own. You did it. We did it. We were able to do that together. I think about every single year, we're able to give $20,000 to Fire Bible. That means 2,000 Bibles are translated into languages that don't have a Bible in their translation. I think about just back in November, how we were able to take $5,000 from our missions budget and put it into a, put it into a sponsoring an orphan care uh, fundraiser that they actually took that $5,000 to underwrite the fundraiser, asked other people to give pledges, And from our $5,000, we actually raised $155,000 for orphan care in our area. We could have not done that alone. I think about the fact that every single year, we give $12,000 to plant churches all around America. And you know what's cool about that? Not only does that plant a church, those churches then turn around and begin to give to missions and send missionaries out as well. We could never do this on our own, but as a member of God's family, of his body, we can make a greater impact than anybody could ever make on their own. Come on, are you convinced yet? Everybody's called to put the church member hat on. Come on. So you might say, all right, you got me. I know I'm supposed to do it. 
So what does it look like? How do I do it? What is a, what is a church? What does a person who is wearing the church member hat look like? Well, let's look at this passage in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 23. So look what it says. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Now I want you to see something about this. Being a church member, being a member of God's family, of his body, requires commitment. In fact, we see it right there in this passage. He says, let us hold unswervingly to this faith. Another version in the, in the message says, let us keep a firm grip. Another version in the God's Word translation says, let us continue to hold firm. What's that talking about? It's talking about commitment. It's talking about faithfulness. It's talking about something that we do long term, not just something that we do for a little while, but something that we that we commit ourselves long term to. In fact, let me just tell you something. The church is not just a place to belong. A church is the place to be long. Come on. You see what I did there? It's a place to commit ourselves. And so I want to just share with you just six commitments that we make as church members. These are actually our membership covenant. If you take the life track class, this is what you're going to learn about and what you're going to do. Some of you have, are already uh, officially members here at LifeGate. So this will just be a reminder for you today. And sometimes that's my job as the pastor, just remind you of stuff, right? Others of you, though, God is speaking to your heart and saying, man, it's time for us to step in and say, hey, this is our family. This is where we're going to commit ourselves. It's like, it's like getting married. You know, when you, when you date someone for a while, you date them for a while. But eventually you decide, man, you know, that's the person I want to commit myself to. If you like it, put a ring on it. You know what I'm saying? And this is what church membership really is all about. It's about saying, hey, I want to be a part of this body. And these are some commitments that we make. The first one is this, if you're taking notes, is that as a church member, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up. Everybody just say, show up. I'm going to show up to church. Can you just imagine that, you know? I'm going to make church a habit. I'm going to make getting together with my family and in this community and with the body, I'm going to make this something that's, that's important and a priority to me. In fact, that's what it said in that passage in Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Here's the deal, guys. It's easy to get in the habit of staying home from church. It's an easy habit to get in. Because, man, we live in a busy world. And there's stuff, man. And one weekend, my kids got a game. Another weekend, we're out of town. And then the next weekend, the Cowboys are playing. And then the next weekend, it's raining. And I'm afraid I'm going to melt if I get out or something. And so I can't go to church because it's raining. And then the next weekend, it's too pretty outside. And we don't go to church. We'll go to the lake. Come on, it's right. Pastors pray for weather that's really kind of pretty but not too pretty. You know what I'm saying? Because either way, and here's the deal. Like, before we know it, it's been six weeks and we haven't been together with our church family. And here's what, here's what the Hebrew writer says. Don't get in that habit. Instead, here's the habit that you ought to get into. You ought to make it a regular part of the rhythm of your life that every, at least every single week you're going to gather together for worship with the body of believers. And I'm telling you something. It'll do something for you. Not just coming to church once. Not just coming on Easter and Christmas or sprinkling a few 
times in between. I'm talking about like making this a regular thing in your life. I know you say, well, I went to church and it didn't change my life. And I will tell you the secret. One time at church won't change your life. I shouldn't be saying that because I just want you to come even one time. But my sermons aren't that great. (laughs) They're good. But one sermon ain't going to change your life. But I'll tell you what will. One sermon followed by another sermon, by another sermon, by another sermon, by about 52 of those in a year. You know what I'm saying? And in a year, you know what's going to happen? You're going to see the direction of your life going to start to change because you're going to start to think differently than you thought before. And every Sunday, it's like a reset. It kind of puts your mind back on the things that are important. And it's a priority of your life. I mean, think about those of you that are parents here today. What are you teaching your kids? I want you to think about this idea. If your kids grew up to be as faithful and committed to church and to God as you are, how faithful and committed to church and God would they be? Chew on that for a little bit. Show up. Everybody say show up. Here's what church members do. Not only do church members show up, church members grow up. Grow up to our full God potential. In fact, look what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter 2 verse 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may what? That you may Grow up in your salvation. Look what Ephesians 4 14 says. We must become like what? Like a mature person growing until we become like Christ and have his perfection. Then we will no longer be babies and we will not be tossed like a ship that the waves carry one way and then another. We will not be influenced by every new teaching we hear from people who are trying to fool us. Can I tell you something? There are people out there that want to fool you. There's some fake news out there. Come on. And here's how you make sure you don't fall for the fake news. Here's how you make sure that you grow up to the full maturity that God has for you. You plant yourself in his house. And it's in his house where we grow. And here's the deal. We all start out as babies. I got a little two-year-old in my house. And boy, is he cute. I don't know if y'all saw the video I posted on Facebook the other day. I mean, he's, he's crazy cute. Right? And I love it. But let me just tell you something. I don't want him to stay like that forever. I love how cute he is right now. And I love this stage. But guess what? Eventually, I'm going to get tired of the twos. I want him to be four. You know what I'm saying? I want him to be five so he can go off to school. You know what I'm saying? I want him to grow up and become a a teenager and get through that phase. Right? So he can get a job, move out, pay for his own bills. You know what I'm saying? Right. And here's the deal. This is what God wants for every single one of us. It, hey, some of y'all, you're, you're baby Christians, and you're cute. Yeah, we like it. It's awesome. <laughs> but that's not what I want for you. Eventually, I want you to grow up into full maturity, into all that God wants for you and all that he has for you. And this is what being a church member is about. It's about saying, man, I'm going to take responsibility for that. And I'm not going to just depend on the pastor or other people for my growth. I'm going to open God's word and I'm going to read it for myself. I'm going to pray for myself. I'm going to find a place to serve so that I can grow into that. And I want to tell you, we want to help you to grow. In fact, this is why we have Life Track Every single week, four Sundays, if you haven't gone through it, it's, it's what's awesome is today's the first step. You can get in there, learn about membership, learn about what we believe. But also it's about how do you find out what you're spiritual gifts are and how do you find out how to be a disciple and how to grow and how to find a place to plug in. We do that every single Sunday for you to give you a place to grow. 
We have life groups, which are a great place to grow. And I know life groups take a break during the summer. They're getting ready to take their break. But then there are other groups that are going on throughout the summer. The ladies group has their book clubs and you can get in one of those. Or the, the men's group have different meetings that they meet three different times a month. You can get involved in that. We've got some other life groups that are going to be going through the summer. We've got one where people are going to be doing cycling together through the summer. Another where people are going to be just talking about having freedom and overcoming some of the addictions and the hurts and the stuff, the trauma of their past. We got all kinds of stuff. We got camps for the kids this summer. We got, I mean, I'm telling you all over the place. We got on your app, in your pocket, on your phone, our growth plans there, soap, uh, reading materials that you can do there and, and playlists so that you can worship and, and sermon notes and all that kind of stuff to help you to grow into all that God wants you to be. This is what being a church member is all about. I'm going to show up. I'm going to grow up. Number three, write this one down. Let her see whatever it is today. I'm all over the place. I'm going to lift up. Everybody say lift up. I'm going to lift up my brothers and sisters. This is what a church member does. A church member encourages others. Not only do I come to church to get encouraged, I come to church to be an encouragement. I come to church to lift up other people. In fact, this is what it says in Hebrews 10 and verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's what the body of Christ is all about. It's about, hey, I got your back. You got my back. When one of you is down, I can lift you up. And when I'm down, you can lift me up. I can cheer you on. You can cheer me on. We can hold each other accountable. We can pick each other up when we fall. The scripture says it in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, that two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. Galatians 6, 1 says it like this, brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should what? Should restore him gently. The body of Christ ought to be a place where we don't kick people when they're down. We reach our hand down and pick them up. We lift each other up. We're going to show up. We're going to grow up. We're going to lift up. We're going to let her D. We're going to offer up. Our tithes and our offerings. Guess what? If you're going to be a part of something and if you're going to benefit from something, shouldn't you also contribute to it? If you're part of a family, shouldn't you do your part in taking care of the family? And what's so awesome is God's plan is so incredibly brilliant. It is perfect. If everybody just participated in God's plan, everything for God's work would be completely provided for and no one person would have to do more than anybody else. If everybody just did the 10% that God asked us to do. Nobody do too much. Nobody do too little. Everyone would contribute and the work of God would happen and every need would be met. But here's the problem. Most people don't. It's only a small percentage of people who participate in God's plan. And can I tell you, the reason that we bring our tithe and our offering is, it says it in Malachi 3 verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be what? That there may be food in my house. The reason we do this is because we're part of the family. Not only do we want to go and get fed spiritually, nutrients for our souls Every week, we want others to be able to receive the same life-giving bread of life that we have received. And so we come together and we do our part. And here's what blows me away. When we contribute and we do our part, God doesn't have to do this, but he said he would do it anyway. That when we give, he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on us. That the more we contribute, the more we're going to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
So I'm going to say, hey, man, I'm putting on the church member hat and I'm going to be a part. I'm going to I'm going to make a contribution. Letter E, I'm going to back up my church and my pastors and the vision of the church. I'm going to make it my job to protect the family. Guess what? You know, like my my little sister, I used to like to beat her up, you know, (laughs) but nobody else better mess with my sister because that's my sister. You know what I'm saying? And this is what it means to be a part of the family of God. Like, this is my church. This is my family. This is our house. And nobody going to mess with our house because this is it, right? Come on. And I know it sounds a little awkward. I'm the pastor and I'm saying, back up your pastor. I know that sounds a little weird. So don't take it from me. Actually take it from what the scripture says in Hebrews 13 and verse 7. Look what it says. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. For they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Guess what? I'm going to give an account, right? Obey them so that their work may be a what? Be a a joy and not a burden for that would be of no advantage to you. Now here's the deal. If you make my job a joy, actually that's going to be an advantage to you because nobody likes a grumpy old pastor. <laughs> like I was thinking about, it reminds me of the, of the movie. Anybody ever seen Jerry Maguire? You seen that movie before? I've never seen the original version, but the TBS version with all the language out. You know what I'm saying, right? And I, I love that movie. And there's a one part in the movie where the football player, Rod Tidwell, he's doing, he was crazy and whatever. And then you got, then you got Jerry Maguire played by Tom Cruise. And he's going, he's going, I'm trying, dude, I'm trying to help you, but you're not helping me. Right. And you remember the part he's like, help me help you. Come on. You remember that part? Help me help you. And sometimes as a pastor, that's what I want to say. Help me help you. I'm trying to help you. Right? Help me help you. And I'm being silly about this, but I'm also, I'm, I'm serious. Like, my job as a pastor, you know what I want to do? I want to help you grow into all that God wants you to be. And so whenever you decide, hey, man, I'm going to get behind the vision and be a part of it, guess what it does? It helps me to help, <laughs> to help you. It's like Aaron and her who held up the arms of, of, of Moses as the, as the battle was taking place. And, you know, you may not always like things that I do and agree with decisions that our staff makes and things like that. But you can say, man, I'm going to protect the unity. And I may not agree with everything, but this is my family and I'm going to protect it. In fact, this is why Pastors Council is so important. Today, we began nominations for two new Pastors Council members. And you know what these Pastors Council members do? They're Aaron and hers to lift up. Some of them are him, some of them are hers, you know, to lift up the hands of the pastor and the staff and the leadership of the church. And it's important that you don't just put somebody's name in there. You pray about it. Because we're going to be behind the vision. Last one, I got to hurry. Is I'm going to take up my place in ministry. God's got a place for every one of us. And we can decide, hey, am I going to be someone who's a consumer or I'm, am I going to be a contributor? You know? And a lot of times we come to church to consume all the stuff that we can get from it. And that's great. And I want you to get that. But what if we said, hey, how can I find my place? Somewhere to serve. That's why we have life tracks, why we have all these life teams in different places. And I'll just be honest, this time of year, it gets hard to fill all the different places because everyone goes all there. And some of you, God has been putting it on your heart. Get involved. Now's the time. Do it. Be a church. Put on the church member hat and say, you know what? This is going to be my place. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing in this local body. And I know we have some guests here and you're, you're, you're checking things out and Hey, I hope that LifeGate is the place for you, man. I'm telling you, it's an incredible family and an amazing body of Christ. But it doesn't have to be LifeGate. Just find somewhere 
and plug in, get connected to fulfill all that God has called you to be in his body. 